0: Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase.
1: Hi, this is Lisa Leek, and my new cookbook, 100 Days of Real Food Fast and Fabulous, is the quick and easy way to cut out processed food.
0: As we turn over a new leaf for a fresh new year, talk a little bit about how dependent Americans have become on processed food.
1: Well, we, my family and I decided to take a challenge called 100 Days of Real Food where we cut out all processed food. And when we started to tell our family and friends what we were doing, they looked at us like we were crazy. I told them, you know, we couldn't eat anything and any grains unless they were 100% whole grain. We couldn't eat any refined sugar and nothing out of the package with more than five ingredients. And they honestly thought we would starve with those rules. So I think that is a, a real um, true test testament to how dependent Americans have become on packaged processed food.
0: At the grocery store, the word real is on so many food labels. What is your definition of real food?
1: Yes, you have to be careful about that, you know, whether it's real or natural. There are a lot of unregulated terms that are buzzwords that, you know, companies are throwing around. So for us, um, we created some rules to help us with our pledge. And so, in a nutshell, real is um, anything out of a package with five or fewer whole ingredients. So that means no refined grains, only 100% whole grains, no refined or artificial sweeteners, only honey and pure maple syrup in moderation. Again, nothing out of a package with more than five ingredients, no factory farm meat, only locally and humanely raised meat products, no deep fried foods, and no fast food. So that is, those are our rules in a nutshell.
0: So, at Whole Foods has a brand new commercial out where they say no artificial colors, no artificial preservatives, and no artificial sweetener in any of the food they sell. Do you think we will see more of these changes at grocery stores in 2017?
1: I do, but again, we have to be careful about what they're telling us. So even though Whole Foods, you know, already does a little bit of the homework for us, you still have to read labels and reading ingredient labels is the number one way to know what's in your food and how processed it is. So there's really nowhere that you could shop without still paying a lot of attention.
0: You've outlined seven real food rules in the cookbook. The first rule is no refined grains. What exactly are refined grains?
1: Well, so that would be your white flour, your refined cornmeal, white rice. So instead, we stick to 100% whole grain. Um, it gets a little confusing because, you know, when you look at wheat, for example, both white flour and whole wheat flour come from the wheat plant, but what happens is they take out all the good stuff—the bran and the germ—that from the um, the wheat berry that has pretty much all the good nutrition that you want, and then they end up having to fortify those grains and add in extra vitamins and, vitamins and minerals that they feel like have been stripped out. But the, what it comes down to is you just cannot recreate nature. So it is much better just to go with the whole grain the way nature intended us to have it.
0: So I guess if we're reading labels, we should look for the first word to be whole in front of the grain. Yes.
1: So um, with wheat, again, it's one of the most confusing confusing parts of a label reading, unfortunately, because I think our society along the way has nicknamed whole wheat as wheat. You know how people say, do you want white or wheat bread? Yeah. They're, both, they're both wheat products. So it gets very confusing. But when you look at the ingredient label, if it says wheat on there without the word whole, then you're looking at white flour. So you're exactly right. The ingredient must say whole wheat. Or in the case of rice, Um, whole grain rice is any colored rice, so brown rice or, you know, in wild rice you'll see black rice in there. So if it just says rice, then that means it's white rice. But if it says brown rice, then that is whole grain. And and I talk about that more in the book because, again, this is, it's a lot to absorb. So in this book, since this is all quick and easy, I created little cheat sheets. It's like the Cliff Notes version of how to avoid processed food. So it's little charts that tell you what to look for, and like the whole wheat, and what to avoid, like the wheat flour without the word whole in front of it.
0: Speaking of your cheat sheets, on page 11, you have what to look for and what to avoid in dairy products. I was shocked to read that pre-shredded cheese has wood pulp in it.
1: Yes, it has an anti-caking additive in there because otherwise, think about if you grate your cheese at home fresh out of a block of cheese, it's going to end up clumping together. And so, you know, that's the cheese I used to buy, but now that I know the the difference, and I have exclusively been grating my own cheese, which is an extra step, but yet not complicated or too hard to do. Um, I do notice the difference. And the other stuff tastes very powdery to me now. I feel like in general, it's, you know, it's easier to avoid processed food when you don't even want it anymore.
0: Sugar seems to be the current villain. Talk about our consumption of sugar as a society.
1: Yes. So you're exactly right. Sugar itself is not the devil. It is the quantity in which it is consumed because it's not just in sweets anymore. It is in breads and salad dressings and crackers and it's in so many different foods and it really adds up throughout the day. So, you know, especially when you look at our daily recommended allowance of sugar, most people are exceeding that, you know, before even lunchtime. Um, So for us, we still have honey and pure maple syrup, which are still sweeteners, um, but they are more natural. They're, you know, created in nature. They're not you know, as processed as like a sugar or some of the other ones out there. It still doesn't give us the green light to turn up the bottle. We still do consume them in moderation. But I found that, you know, most packaged foods are not going to have honey or pure maple syrup. You're going to have to make it at home to have a sweetened food with those items. So therefore, you're going to be able to control how much you're using and that really helps.
0: What are naturally occurring sugars?
1: So that's a great question. Naturally occurring sugars are found in fruits like apples, also dairy products like yogurt. And, you know, if you think of an an apple, for example, the naturally occurring sugars, which you know, today you'll see counted as grams on the nutrition facts label under sugars. It, it doesn't break those out as a separate category. They're actually going to start doing that, which I think will be so helpful because it is different. The, the naturally occurring sugar in an apple is packaged together with the fiber and all the other good stuff that comes in in an apple. But when you um, you know strip out and you just have sugar. By itself, those are just empty calories and just n- completely different than what comes in like fruit or dairy products.
0: This cookbook dispels so many myths. Two myths are baby carrots and vine-ripened tomatoes. What's <laughs> yes. the issue with those two?
1: Well, so the um, the vine-ripened tomatoes, you know, they're they're appealing. They're on the little green vine at the at the grocery store. They make yeah. you feel like they were picked like just like what you see. But can you imagine a big truckload of red tomatoes what would happen to that you know they would be totally mush by the time they um arrive at the grocery store so what happens is they the tomatoes even the vine ripened variety that this has an upcharge a lot of times they're picked when they're pretty much all green and then they're um you know artificially ripened so that's why they actually they look red but they don't taste like a tomato so You're they right. look ripe but they taste like nothing. <laughs> I, I used to think I didn't like tomatoes because I'd only had tomatoes from the grocery store but if you go to like your local farmer's market or even you don't even need a big garden you can just in the summer get a pot and you don't even need a pot just get a bag of dirt and split open the top and put a tomato plant in there and give it some water and some sunshine you will be amazed at how good those tomatoes taste nothing like what's at the grocery store and again it's because of the fact that they're, they're not picked when they're they're ready, and then baby carrots. I, I don't know if you'd heard the the rumors, if you will, about baby carrots being soaked in chlorine. Uh, a lot of people were avoiding buying them because they thought this to be the case, but. Actually reached out to um, the company that makes baby carrots and got the real deal and they are just washed in um, water much like what comes out of your tap that might have a little bit of chlorine in it, so it's you know completely safe to drink and within the limits established by the FDA, but that was something that just escalated quite a bit
0: and it freaked out all of us parents out here <laughs> giving our kids those little <laughs> and they're, carrots.
1: They're Those baby carrots are convenient. They're already peeled and ready to go. So (laughs) don't be
0: afraid. Speaking of parenting, I have a picky 10-year-old. And healthy breakfast options are a struggle for me. Describe your granola.
1: Oh, that is my favorite breakfast. So it is basically, you know, whole grain oats, which all oats are whole grain. So that's one of the easy ones. And a mixture of different nuts and seeds and um, some seasonings and a little butter and honey. And it's slow baked. And what I love about it is, well, it tastes amazing, but it's also very filling. So a lot of these breakfast cereals at the grocery store that are just like sugary refined grains are going to leave you feeling hungry an hour or two later. But that granola fills me up, you know, until like one or two o'clock some days. So I I really love that. And it's great with milk and berries or over yogurt or even just like chunks of it by itself.
0: You have a quote in the cookbook that says, if your pantry and fridge have no food, just ingredients, that means you're doing something right. Yes,
1: I know. I often feel like I just went to the grocery store and I spent all this money and I, you know, unload everything and there's still like nothing to eat because it's really up to you if you're living this lifestyle to prepare some foods. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It could be a matter of just boiling some noodles or boiling some eggs or making a homemade salad dressing or a dip for veggies. So um, in the front of the book, um, before all the recipes, I actually have a list of a bunch of ideas of simple things that you can do like that. So you do feel like you have food that you can grab and grip and go when you're hungry.
0: Health-wise, what changes can we expect by cutting out processed foods?
1: Well, a lot of people do, you know, make this change so they can see an improvement in health. Now, for us, we cut out processed food because we thought it was the right thing to do. We were so surprised by the changes in our health that followed. First of all, my youngest daughter, she struggled a lot with constipation. I know a lot of kids are on medication for that. Within five days, it was like a switch had flipped in her. I could not believe the difference. She also struggles a lot with asthma, and we saw an amazing improvement um, with her wheezing. It just She went from five back-to-back episodes one year to going a whole entire year without wheezing at all when we cut out processed food, and studies do show Um, Those can be related, but my husband and I also felt like we had more energy, and surprisingly enough, my HDL cholesterol, the number that you want to be high for me, went up by 50%, which greatly reduces my chance for heart disease, so even my doctor was surprised about that. And I was, too. So, um, you know, and then another thing that we're pleased about is a change in our, our palate. You know, as I mentioned earlier, it's easy to avoid processed food if it doesn't taste good to you anymore. So that has been another really nice added benefit.
0: The other night I made your recipe for real food Sloppy Joe's on page 223. Oh, good. It tasted so much better than that canned Sloppy Joe sauce that we all grew up on yes Um,
1: see now now you won't want to eat that anymore (laughs) no and it was really easy and i love
0: the the pinch of cinnamon it kind of added a different zip to the uh ground beef
1: yes that reminded me of the sloppy joe's i ate as a childhood that's why i added that in there where can we find you on the web? My blog is one hundred days of real food dot com one 1-0-0, zero zero, and I'm there, you know, updating weekly and also uh, on social media on Facebook and Instagram. But also, I have um, two cookbooks, and they can be found anywhere that books are sold.
0: This way of eating is a lifestyle, and one hundred days of real food is a great guide for us. Thanks for coming on Cookery by the Book Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.